You're listening to the Pure Desire Podcast, your safe place to find hope, healing, and freedom from sexual addiction, betrayal, and relationship issues. Happy day to you people. I am your host, Trevor Windsor, and you're listening to episode 157 of the Pure Desire Podcast. Here joining me, as always, my co-host, Nick Stemba. Jane, Jane, stop this crazy thing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Meet George Jetson. Oh, okay. Jane, his wife. <laughs> Our producer, Justin, Daughter is like, Judy. you moron. I knew that one. Um, yeah, that was actually sent in by one of our listeners. So a big shout out. Thank you for that. Because, you know, sometimes the podcast intro well can run a little dry. <laughs> and that was one I, I didn't know what it was from. Honestly, I didn't remember that either. But then when Got I it. saw the clip, I was like, oh, yeah, that's totally. That's George Jetson's running on this, you know, treadmill. Uh, and he yells that in the intro to the show. So Got it. Okay. Good stuff. Good to know. If it's not on Disney Plus, I don't watch it. So <laughs> uh, we revisited another old uh, friend today, another tool uh, in the recovery toolkit. But before we get into that, a couple of things. Subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't, we're on all the major platforms. And if you give us a review, it helps others find the podcast. Uh, second, follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are at Pure Desire PDMI. And if you like to consume video content, we've got some of this stuff up on YouTube. And then lastly, just want to promote again, the Pure Desire Summit coming in September. Yeah. Yeah. We're super excited. And, you know, we've been talking the last couple of weeks that we know we're in an uncertain time and yeah. maybe for some, the hesitancy to travel. And we're very hopeful that by September, some can travel and will. But even if that's not a possibility, the PD Summit is going to happen because we're committed to having a virtual live summit. And, yep. and we just see this as an exciting rallying point for our team, for anyone who's in the recovery journey, who's been a part of a Pure Desire group, to just be encouraged, to get wind in their sails, to mm -hmm. kind of have that high moment of remembering what God's done in our lives. So uh, we hope people will sign yep. up, you know, that you could buy your virtual pass now. And if, you know, as, as this situation with COVID-19 develops, you feel comfortable coming later towards August, September, uh, we'll just easily change your ticket from virtual to in-person, but yep. we'd love to have you register your spot so that we know you're coming. We can mm -hmm. start communicating with you and make sure you have all the details. So go to the website. Um, I think you're going to be glad you were a part of the event, whether in-person or virtually online. Yep. So just go to our website, puredesire.org. And if you look at the find an event page, you will see the Pure Desire Summit. All right. So we uh, talked about making phone calls today. And we sat down with Bob Vandermeer, one of our clinicians, and talked through really, number one, why um, phone calls are important in recovery and why they're a tool and also uh, why we struggle with them so much. Yeah. Well, and like the introduction, uh, for many of us, our behaviors have been like a crazy treadmill that we're running on. And we're trying to figure out how to stop the treadmill, how mm -hmm. to get off. And that our, our struggle has been a day in, day out, uh, issue. It's it's not just something that maybe we acted out once in a while, but right. the underlying issues were a constant presence. And so what I think we really bring up in phone calls is how we implement healing, health, and recovery as part of our, our routines, the disciplines that we do day in and day out. And that doesn't mean we have to make a phone call every day. Right. But what we're trying to emphasize, if all we do is show up at group one week and do nothing until we show up the next week, the impact on our lives, the ability to stop that crazy treadmill is right. really, really diminished. So yep. today we talk about how valuable phone calls are in helping us connect and and really learn new patterns. So I hope everyone gets a lot out of it. And uh, I know it was fun to connect with Bob and revisit a tool that we did you know, for the first time over three years ago, but yep. 
are giving some new advice and encouragement today. Yep. And it is, I believe it's episode 12 we did with Brian Roberts back in the day. So that's a throwback. Um, But yeah, as Nick said, this is a good episode. I think we're going to um, not learn, but maybe relearn a lot of stuff. So enjoy it. Bob, thanks for hanging out with us again today. Hey, my pleasure. (laughs) Glad to have you. The last episode that you were on, I was uh, with my wife while she was having a baby. Yeah, buddy. How's the baby doing? Uh, thanks for asking. Baby's good. Um, big How's your br- wife? Wife is good. Wife's feeling a lot better. Uh, sleep is still escaping us. Um, mm. But uh, we could talk about that. Literally, we could do an entire episode <laughs> on just our sleeping pattern. So yeah. uh, let's carry carry forward here. Um, I don't think I've ever said those two words together in a sentence before. Carry forward. forward. Anyways, here we go. We're continuing our series on recovery tools today. Uh, Today we're talking about um, one that uh, I've seen over and over again be a struggle to implement and to use for so many people in recovery and in group, um, both in actually doing this or using this tool and also in confusion why they're so important. Um, And of course, I'm talking about phone calls. (gasps) Phone calls, mm. really? Phone calls yeah, today? Yes. Did I just say phone calls? Um, ew, can't we just text? No, why? We'll get to all of that. So let's just start with this, boys. Why are phone calls so important in Pure Desire groups? Uh, yeah, it's a great question. I think part of it for me is that we have we had always done our addiction in isolation. Yeah. And uh, making sure that our recovery is not done in isolation is really important, you know. And so it's it's kind of like even the, that our addiction was in secret, and then we need to make sure our recovery is not in secret. Which means you know people knowing about what's going on in your life and you bringing it out in conversation. And I think phone calls are a great way to do that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think about and you know I could clarify a little bit phone calls. We could also say in person human interaction because if you're able to actually meet with someone and talk to them, that could be effective too. Now that we're coming out of COVID, we can <laughs> start to do that yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, but it, it may be you've got a friend or coworker that's close enough, you could pop into their office and say, hey, could I take a couple minutes, share an update, how I'm doing? Yeah. Uh, but but really the, the thought is we talk a lot about that we're not just here to stop a behavior, we're here to change the way we do life. And if we're here to change the way we do life, that involves routines, it involves disciplines, it involves things that just become part of how we do Um, our day in and day out kind of stuff. And so if we only engage in our healing once a week at group, Mm -hmm. um, we're we're really kind of missing out on that life change. If you you only went to the gym one day a week and that day you're hammering on it and really doing awesome, that's probably a good day. But if for six days Mm -hmm. you kind of lose sight and focus, you're going to find that you're stuck in a lot of the same patterns. And that's exactly what we see with men and women in groups is if they're not having that interaction through phone calls and really staying focused on their goals and what they're changing, it it tends to become a a much longer process because the once a week group really isn't enough to cement those changes in our life. So that's to me, the the importance of phone calls is it Mm -hmm. takes your healing out of group and puts it into the rest of your week. Yeah. And I think it's something too that like, Phone calls in general take effort, uh, and it's one of those things where when you take that initial step, you are putting skin in the game, you are putting effort in, you are uh, pushing into health and recovery, and so it's a tangible way that I see when you're doing your phone calls, it's actually something that you can see you're pursuing health. You can go to your call log and be like, oh, I called three people this week. Those are three times that, as you're saying, Bob, you broke isolation and took that extra step to connect and to check in with people in your group. 
Yeah. Yeah. I guess when we're saying phone calls, we're saying check-in phone calls. Yep. And, and yeah. And that, that, uh, yeah, it's, it's quantitative. Like you can, you can say I've done this, this, these many times, and we're going to get to a question about quantity here in a minute, but like, it's, it's something that's tangible. It's quantitative. You can let, if you're married, you can let your spouse know that you've done it or you're yep. going to do it. Like there's all sorts of things that, that it, it's, it's definitely making it like what you said, Nick, out of just the group and into the week and into the light. And you can talk about that phone call with other people. Hey, you know what? I was having a phone call, obviously talking about yourself, right. but I was having a check in phone call and man, it was really good for me to, to just get that out and to share that with somebody. And um, that, that can even be an encouragement for other people to say, Hey, don't just do this stuff on your own, but live life together. It's good. Uh, so Trevor, you joked about this just a minute ago, but why can't, you know, in a digital age and everyone's got their smartphone, why can't we just text an update or message people how we're doing? I mean, wouldn't that be easier, more efficient? Uh, why do we need to make a phone call versus just sending a text or a message? 100% it's easier to text. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's that level of investment. Like, um, you know, you talk about, I think people refer to it as like a keyboard warrior. Like it's easy to sit behind, you know, the stroking of the keys um, and sharing stuff. For me, a phone call, you can hear tone. You can hear pauses in a conversation. You can hear emotion in someone's voice, um, especially during the pandemic and everything. FaceTime has become a good one. Um, and we can talk a little bit more about that in another question. But if you can see the person's face or um, really there's just things you miss in a text message or uh, in an email or Facebook message or something like that, you just miss on the emotion. Um, and so I think for me, tone is probably the biggest reason why. Because if I ask a question, a guy can respond, yeah, I'm doing good. And that's how I read it. But if I ask the question, how are you doing? And he goes, yeah, I'm doing good. It's like, oh, okay. Like huh. that is a completely different sentence. Yeah. And you can't get that in a message. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, Like my least favorite thing that for anyone to ever text me is the word sure. <laughs> Especially if you text me the word sure without punctuation. I don't know what that means. Like, hey, hey Trevor, you want to hang out later? Sure. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this an inconvenient time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, are you? <laughs> and so, uh, so like, there's so much interpretation, and then I even like the limbic stuff that happens without that emotion, without that connection, without the, the facial expressions. Like, it's just not a super effective way to communicate. I like this question because it says, "Why can't? Why can't we just yeah. text yeah. or message people?" Right? Because if there's not also that other interaction, whether it's a phone call or face to face, like we can still hide in that. Like I can send you a text message. You say, Hey, how's it going? And I say, good, no punctuation. Like I can totally hide. Yeah. I yep. mean, who knows where I am and what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. Well, and let's be honest that the route to health and recovery is rarely easy and convenient. I mean, you don't yeah. think about like, Hey, there's this awesome new exercise. It's really easy and it's convenient. It's going to change your life. It's like, <laughs> well, Bye, master. yeah, I mean, it's okay to look for things like an easier way to do something that's difficult or to figure out how to make, you know, your workout more convenient, right. but to say that I'm going to do something that's easy and convenient and it's going to make me a better person. It's just very rare that you're going to find that. Yeah. In fact, I would say for most of us, if we've struggled with addictive behavior, it's because we've done what was easy and convenient and comfortable that we ended up where we are, yep. that we ended up in really negative, unhealthy patterns. And so some of our recovery is to face difficult things, to be willing to do hard stuff, to to lean into something that might be uncomfortable or that we don't feel like doing, mm -hmm. but to have that perspective that says, but this is what changes my brain. Yep. Because it's not 
easy because it's not what I feel like, but I choose to enter into something, my brain begins to adapt and adjust and learn and grow. And so, yeah, to to put myself out a little vulnerable um, with my emotion on a phone call is much more difficult than the way I can just image manage in a text message. But it's also a lot more transformational. It requires me to think to process, to interact. And I'm I'm sure if we had a brain scientist here or if Heather Kolb could join us, she would talk about parts of the brain that light up with that in-person interaction mm-hmm. that when you just text someone, you're not as engaged, yeah. you're not as present, you're not really learning and growing from that situation right. nearly as much as actually talking to someone. So it's it's for yeah. reasons like that and many more that we just say, hey, you, you can text people in your group to communicate something, totally. but when yeah. we're talking about checking in on our recovery. What are we doing for health? What's our commitment to change? There's really no substitute for a phone call or that in-person interaction. Yeah. And that just made me think of one other thing that when someone texts you, you don't have to get back to them right away. But if someone poses something in a conversation on a phone call and you're just dead silent, they're going to be like, bro, are you there? Like, I just shared some stuff. I just asked you a question, like, get at me. Where are we at? Like, are you listening? Yeah. So I think that there is that, because that word present is what you used. Uh, I think that that's the thing. You are present in that moment with that person engaging in relationship. I think that's huge. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I like we could be doing anything again. I, I could be in a work meeting texting yeah. or I could be driving texting. Don't do that, folks. Yeah. Uh, you know, I could be doing anything. Yeah. Uh, but if you're in a phone call, like you have to have more focused attention. Yep, for sure. Yeah. So uh, because we don't want people doing their check-ins via message or text message, something like that, are there other options other than calling, especially today with the technology that we have? Um, or do we just prefer that people do just over the phone? Yeah, I mean, that's what I liked about that last question is, is why can't we just text or message? So take everything we just said with the caveat of do more check-in phone calls, but then also you can text, you can FaceTime, you can like email. I mean, those are great mm-hmm. to, to, in my opinion, th- those are great like add-ons to your check-ins. Like those are extra things you can do. Maybe you have like use the R tribe app. Maybe you're doing other things where, yeah. I mean, but those should be like additions to these other things that you're doing. Yeah. I, you know, I kind of think of connection a little bit like a continuum that on the one end, you might put text messaging as the lowest level of connection and maybe on the high end is an in-person time, you know, over coffee. That's like very direct and intentional. And everything else falls somewhere on that spectrum. And so phone calls, you know, they're pretty close up on the high connection, personal interaction end. And everything else that we might consider is going to be somewhere on that spectrum. And so I would just say aim for activities that put you closer to that high end of in-person, personal interaction being engaged and connected with someone. And so I I do know that like in my groups, I'll give guys permission to leave a, a voice message because yes. I, I think that is one of the tips we can talk about later that if, if we're always playing that game of, well, who can I call? Everyone's working. I'm sure everyone's busy. Everyone's home with their kids. I don't want to bother them. And so then we just never call. Yeah. I try to say, hey, if, if it's a good time for you to call, make a call. Mm-hmm. And if you get their voice message, yep. leave a two minute check in. Say, yep. hey, this is Nick. Here's what I, because you're still being personal, you're interacting, yep. you're connected, and you know they're going to hear it. Right. That, that they're going to hear that message and hopefully get back to you, but, but that that's moving you towards mm-hmm. the right end of the spectrum. Yep. Um, I've also heard of groups that will use like Marco Polo, you know, and for those that aren't using the Marco Polo that's what we app. Use, yeah. I, I think you're, you're moving the right direction now. It's a little less personal because the person um, isn't, interacting with you, but they can't. It's similar to that message that they can see you. 
They can hear you. Mm-hmm. You're choosing to be vulnerable with your words and your emotions. And as they watch it, you know, they can reply as well. So I, I think for some groups that really value kind of yeah. being able to see and interact that way, an app like Marco Polo can work because then when I have time, I can, you know, message mm-hmm. you back and say, hey, Trevor, you know, thanks for your yep. check-in and I'm glad to hear this is working and, yep. you know, really appreciate your honesty about that. And I, I think that's moving you in the right direction. So I, I think there are some options. Yeah. I just always encourage a group or a person not to make that your standard because I think for some people then it can become, yeah. now they move towards what's easy and what's convenient. Sure. Not necessarily looking to how do I really learn to engage with someone else in my recovery. Yeah. And I wouldn't disagree with that. I think I have maybe a little bit of a different perspective that Marco Polo, the reason why my group had used it is uh, you actually can do, people can see your face, they can hear your tone, they can hear what you're saying. And it's a video message that's sent to everyone in the group. And so mm-hmm. you like you can do multiple FaceTime stuff, but if everybody has different types of phones um, and can't, you know, you can't do that. Um, so it's it enables you to actually broadcast it to the entire group, your check-in. And I love technology. You actually, if you're viewing it on Marco Polo, you can respond in the middle. Yeah. And it's usually late and interrupts the person, but it's a response. So it's definitely not what I would suggest we go primarily with. But I know it's been a really nice to use, I think the word you used, yeah. uh, Bob, supplemental. Like it just that supplements mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, I think... Uh, two more thoughts for me is whatever is perpetuating or driving us into more communication and more relationship. Like let's take advantage of that. Yep. Um, and especially if rigorous honesty is part of it. Yeah. Because like, the problem with text messaging for me, we're talking about is it's more difficult to be rigorously honest and there's less of that connection. Uh, but like if there's other things like Marco Polo or, or FaceTime or, yep. you know, what, whatever else this technology is developing, yeah. if it's if it's driving us towards more options and more connection and more relationship, then yeah, we should take advantage of that. Yeah, um, you know, for some people, phone calls are really really difficult because they've never liked phone calls and they're uncomfortable on a phone call. But if they feel super comfortable doing Marco Polo, great. Like, let's take advantage of that in addition to right. right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like that. So guys, for those that may be new to group or new to this idea of some weekly phone calls, what should these phone calls look like? Give us kind of a, an outline of what someone should be trying to do when they make a call. And uh, in addition to that, how often should we be making these phone calls? Yeah. And when, and when, when we say guys, we're talking, no, we're not just talking about males, we're talking yeah, good. about people that are in groups because yep. this all applies to well, being in a betrayal. Yep. I, I was saying or, guys as the three of you that are ah, here with me. Oh, yes. To those yeah. listening, ah. men, women, yes, everybody. But children, pastors. I was, sorry, I was referring the to the two of you. <laughs> Is the parakeet listening? Because Probably, yep. Get some good stuff out yeah. of it. <laughs> um, I, yeah, that, so in, in the material, like in most of our material, we say like, you know, three phone calls a week, stuff like that. Um, if I'm working with a client, like three, three phone calls is the minimum for me that I want, you know, like a client to be making. Uh, uh, but I, I think a lot of it is incremental. Like if you're going from zero phone calls and zero vulnerability yeah. with anyone ever, then, yeah. Hey, let's start out, let's start out with one phone call. That's right. progress. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, for me, I, and like, I have a unique situation that not many do that the first group I was in, I was leading. That was just kind of the situation we were in. For me, I've just kind of adopted. I try to call everybody in my group at least one time. Um, and even if that means that we couldn't connect, but we left voicemails back and forth, like that was okay. Um, but for me, when I, 
when I make this phone call, for me, it's always tethered to the faster scale and the commitment to change. So always doing check-ins on where are you at on the faster scale right now? Where have you been this week on the faster scale? The lowest point kind of dialogue about that because then that usually has got some juicy stuff in there about emotions and experiences throughout the week. And the commitment to change is is really just making sure that everything we're doing that week is tethered to that commitment we made um, because we know that that's something we're putting in place to uh, help us grow in recovery. And so those are the two things mainly. If we talk about other stuff, great. If we talk about Tiger King or the last dance or golf or something like whatever, that's cool. We don't like that's it's don't, don't just like get in, do like checkbox, checkbox. Okay, cool, man. See you at group. Like there is relationship involved, but make sure in my opinion, those are the two things I would say need to be in a check-in call. Yeah, I, I try to encourage people that short and sweet is okay if you cover the right content. Yeah, because uh, we yeah. don't want to get into this mindset of okay, if if I'm gonna make a phone call, I need to have half an hour because we're gonna talk and go deep. Like, I, I just find most people don't have that time and and will never get around to it. But yeah. if I go, hey, I'm I'm on a five minute break, I can make a phone call uh, that works. And and I say this all the time. And if people have ever been in a group with me, they know it's true that my phone calls, I basically have a script and I don't, I don't mean to, I just, I know what I'm checking in on at least initially. So I'll say, Hey, this is Nick this week. My commitment to change was, and I'll say, you know, maybe it was, I'm only going to be on social media between nine and 10 AM in the morning and then off the rest of the day. And here's how I'm doing. Tuesday was a train wreck. I totally forgot about it. Wednesday, I read it again. I've done really well. You know, today's Thursday. So far, so good. So I'm, I'm updating in the moment on how I've done on that commitment to change. Yeah. And then I'll say, I, I think the lowest point I've reached lately on the faster scale is, you know, maybe I say ticked off. Last night, I got really irritated with one of my kids. I was impatient, but it's because I was preoccupied about a work issue and I was trying to get stuff done. And I just, I didn't stop what I was doing to really talk and engage. So I got irritable. And, and that doesn't mean I sat down and wrote out my whole faster scale. I've just... Yep. You know, once you've done it for a while, you, you can start to feel where you were at. And mm-hmm. I'm just I'm trying to be honest about what I've faced. And then and then I'll just bring up if there are any other significant issues that have occurred, points of temptation, maybe areas where I'd like them to pray. And in truth, I'm I'm maybe sharing two minutes worth yeah. at most. Um, and sometimes a guy will say, hey, thanks for sharing that. I'll see you in group on Monday. And yeah. all right, see you then. Yep. And in three minutes, we've had what for me is a significant check-in because I've shared what my commitment I've been accountable to someone. Mm-hmm. I know a friend has heard me and has valued that sharing. And whether or not they had time to share their commitment, I know that we've connected. So it can help to kind of keep that in mind. Like I'm just trying to hit these high points. And if there is time, you know, that friend I'm calling might say, hey, do you have a minute for me to ask a question? Or could we talk yeah, a little more? Because right. when you said this, I wondered how you're doing in this area. So sometimes those conversations do mm-hmm. go a little longer or sometimes they'll say, hey, since I've got you on the phone, could I share my check-in? And if I've got time, I'll say yes and we'll talk longer. So it, it, it your phone call certainly can go longer and I'm, yeah. not, I'm not trying to prevent anyone that really would like to connect for a half hour on the phone, you know, go for it. Right. Um, but if we develop just this discipline and habit that, hey, I've got a few minutes, I'm going to do one of my check-in calls, then we're more likely to make that a part of our, our daily and weekly routines. Yeah. Practically for uh, for me, that's looked like uh, tends to be more like ping pong or tennis, where it's like I share faster scale, then they share faster scale. I do commitment to change, they do commitment to change. So just another like practical way that maybe you could format it. Yeah, yeah I think I mean what you guys have been saying, I agree with, uh, and like to make sure that there's always um, a faster scale portion of your check in, 
uh, you know, regardless of how long the phone call is, but to let people know where you are on the faster scale, because that's making you look at that, obviously, mm -hmm. like you have to look at this in order to share it. Right. And then to connect that with what's going on in your group. So what was your commitment to change or what's maybe a, a new double bind you're facing now, but to use the same language, use the same tools as you're communicating stuff, just so there's that continuity. Yep. So even back to the first question that where Nick, you said that it's not just what happens in our group, but it's happening throughout the week. Like we're using the same language so that this stuff is connected and, and we see how, Oh yeah, the language that I, that I'm using in my group about double bind and commitment to change. This is what it's like in the middle of my week. Cause for most of us, the first time we step into a group, we don't talk like this. Like we don't use these tools. We don't right. use this vocabulary. Right. And so now like, Oh, this is how, this is how a double bind that I talk about in my group connects to me being on my lunch break at work where I want to procrastinate and check out and play a video game. Right. You know, like this, that's how these things are connecting. So yeah. just to use the same language and the same tools. It's good. So what would you guys say then are some things that you've seen um, or that you have done that you would suggest people avoid when stepping into a phone call check-in? Yeah, my, my first thought kind of flows off of what Nick was just saying is that uh, for me, unless it's a scheduled phone call, so I guess I'll say this, in some, some groups, they schedule their calls at the yeah. end of the meeting. Yeah, that's that a good practice. In the yeah. meeting until the, the phone calls are scheduled. That's great. Um, but if it's not a scheduled phone call, that if you pick up the phone and call, that's because you're making a check-in. Yeah. That we don't expect the person on the other end to answer and that they're available for a check-in as well. Uh, in other words, I think some of the mistakes that we make is that I call, let's say I call Nick and just cause I have a half hour, I expect him to have a half hour. Yeah. And just because I'm ready for a check-in, I expect him to be ready for a check-in. Right. And that ends up kind of creating this dynamic in the group where Nick doesn't want to pick up the phone anymore when right. I call. Yeah. Cause Good. he knows oh, that gosh. I'm just going to ramble for a <laughs> half yeah, it hour. Yeah. It vilifies, it <laughs> yeah. vilifies oh, your group members. Bob yeah. Again. Right. And and so, so I guess two things with that is the communication of that. If I pick up and make a phone call and I only have two minutes that I let you know that immediately, Hey, Nick, I, I need to make a check-in, but I only have two minutes Yeah. and vice good. versa. If Nick picks up and Nick only has two minutes and he says, Hey, Bob, I saw you calling. I wanted to answer, but I only have two minutes. Just communicate that like right at the beginning, what the expectation is or availability yeah. for yeah. time. Um, because I, I feel like the biggest mistake that we make is assuming other people are ready to check in with me when I call and have the same amount of time that I have. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think the mistake that I see happening the most is people are just too vague. They're not really remembering mm. their commitment to change or keeping it before mm. them. And so, you know, I'll get a call that's like, hey, you know, this is Joe and it's, it's been a pretty good week. Things are going okay. You know, nothing too bad. I'm feeling pretty good about life. And uh, yeah, that's just wanted to call and check in. And you're like, that you just said nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, life is okay. It's good. I mean, and maybe all those things are true, but it kind of says to me, they haven't really taken any time to analyze yeah. what's driving me, what's mm -hmm. tempting me. And, and again, I, I'm not trying to put pressure on someone to say, boy, you, before you make a phone call, you better sit for two hours and figure out everything that you're dealing with. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly take maybe two, three minutes to just kind of self-check in. Okay. Like, where am I at? You know, I read my commitment to change yeah. this week, kind of think through my week. How's it gone? Where right. have I been successful? Where not? And then I make a phone call. So it's not this huge, long ordeal. But I think if we're just calling to check in and have no, haven't thought about our week at all, yeah. we're really not providing any value for us or for them. No. So mm -hmm. make sure you've, you've thought a little bit about where you're at and that as much as you can, you try to be specific. If, if you're having a rough week, say why it's a rough week. You yeah. know, maybe it's to say, 
my wife and I are just at odds because of some financial conversations we're having and we don't see eye to eye mm -hmm. and it's creating a lot of frustration for us. I'm feeling emotional. I'm getting angry. Well, that's really specific. You're being vulnerable about that. I know how to pray for you, maybe how to encourage you. But if you just say, well, it's, there's been some tension at home, it's like, come on. We're like right. The point of us being in group together is you can get real. You yeah. can go beyond just, well, it's kind of rough at home right now. Okay, yeah. why? Yeah. Is it stuff you're doing, stuff she's doing, stuff outside of your relationship? Yeah. Because the more you engage in that in the phone call, um, it's really going to help you yeah. in your accountability. So. Just don't don't be so vague that it doesn't mm -hmm. help anyone. Yeah, and I th I think um, you guys are. This is really good. You guys are talking about actually doing the phone calls. I think there is also another piece of, uh, and I man, especially when I have kids. Like I've had some single guys in group who they use the excuse like, "Oh, I didn't want to bother you. I know you're married. I know you have two kids. Like I know you're busy. I know it was late. All this stuff." And in reality, you're actually hurting yourself by not reaching out. Even if you're make like, yeah, I am busy. Yeah, I do have two kids and I'm married, but I'm also in this group with you and I'm committed to this with you. So if I can't call, guess what, bro? I'll get back to you when I can. It may be an hour, but you've called me. You've taken that step. You broke out of isolation, which you should feel good about. That's a win. And then also you left a voicemail. And guess what? You processed out loud what was going on and that was helpful for you so that I have context when I call you back. Like, oh, okay. So John was feeling triggered by someone disrespecting him at work. Now when I call, I'm like, hey, bro, how are you doing? Heard your voicemail. Let's talk about this, what happened at work. So for me, what it does is it, it creates this excuse like, I don't want to bother. I don't want to do this. But it's like, we've all committed to this together. And you also have to understand that using those excuses, even though they may be based on truth or reality, are actually keeping you from moving forward in recovery. So uh, I would avoid using the excuse, oh, I just don't want to bother them because it's midnight. It's like, bro, if you're triggered and something's going on, it's still good that you broke isolation and reached out, even if I don't pick up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I agree with that mistake of if, if when we're tempted or when we struggle, our times like that middle of the night. We can't think, oh, I can't call anyone because they're all sleeping. I, and I tell people this all the time. I say, call me and leave a message. I'm, I don't sleep with my phone by my bed, so I'm not going to hear it. I'm not going to wake up. Yeah. But there is something really powerful about in that moment, I'm able to say to someone, here's what's going on. Here's what I'm struggling with. Mm -hmm. And here's what I'm going to choose to do when I hang up the phone. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get up and leave this room. I'm going to go for a walk or go to bed or, you know, whatever the situation is. And as soon as I hang up, if I'm the one that made that call, I know that they're going to hear that message yep. and I'm now accountable to them yep. because they're going to ask me, hey, thanks for, you know, maybe it's the next morning they call back or maybe it's a group a couple of days later. They'll yeah. say, boy, I'd really appreciate you calling. How did it go? Yep. And if I know they're going to say, how did it go? My temptation or the desire to keep going down a path like that, it really just comes to a screeching halt because we realize I don't want to have to look that guy in the eye and say, well, you know, it was terrible. I sat there and kept channel surfing and watched stuff I shouldn't like. And and so it's no guarantee. I'm not saying like we're going to be perfect if we just make our phone calls, but sure. it certainly does put a huge kind of yeah. barrier there that we go, okay, I I know Joe's going to ask me. And mm -hmm. it takes me kind of out of that fog where I'm listening that nobody needs to know, nobody cares. I'm not going to tell anyone. It's like, well, I already told someone yeah. and they do care and they're going to ask. Yeah. And it just can quickly change your mental perspective. So whatever time of day it is, you make that call and you, if you need to, you just leave that message yep. because the knowledge that they know and that they'll ask yeah. can be a tremendous detriment 
to whatever you're facing. Yep. Yeah. I think I have one other thought on this question as well, is that we, we can't approach this week like we did last week or next week. In other words, just because this is how we've been doing check-in calls during normal time doesn't mean that that's how we should do them during vacation or summertime or pandemic or downtime or sick time. You know what I mean? All the, like life is dynamic, health is dynamic. And so we also need to have an approach to our phone calls, our check-ins that are dynamic. In other words, if you made three last week and that was good, this week, you might have a lot of extra stress. The in-laws, the in-laws might be in town, you know, like you, you're, maybe your car broke down. Yeah. Make more check-in phone calls. Right. Like you, like it's, it's not a failure to say, I need more support this week. Right. Like all you're doing is you're recognizing this is, this is where I'm at with my health this week. And so this is what my check-in phone calls need to look like. Yep. I would say to set a minimum amount yep. though, yep. Uh, to not go below a minimum, but not, but not to set that as this is the number that I make every week. I've checked that box and I'm good because yeah. that's not how life is. Well, and it's, it's an easy way to shame yourself because if you didn't make, if you made five this week and your normal standard is three and then next week you only made three, it's like, oh, I've had a worse week. No, you haven't. Like yeah. you still hit your stride. Like give yeah. yourself a little bit of grace there. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, I've had groups ask that they've said, well, we, we kind of have liked just doing one longer phone call, basically like a coffee meeting, like guys yeah. will talk for 45 minutes and, you know, isn't that better that they have one long one? And I'll say, you know, what? there's definitely value in that longer meeting, yeah. but here's the danger. If they, for some reason, miss that one meeting, now they're down to zero yeah. and they're having no check-ins. Mm -hmm. So I encourage them. Yeah. If, if you like that one longer check-in, have that be in addition to a couple of quick ones they make on other days during the week, mm. just so that there is some routine to it. There's some ongoing connection. Um, and, and I think the, the challenge, if a group's saying like, well, we just go with that one call or that one long check-in, yeah. what people will tend to gravitate to is maybe a person in group they feel safest with, oh, yes. which is, I mean, that's yes. nice, but yes. it can really limit the group feeling like a community because mm -hmm. like, well, that's Joe and Ted and Joe and Ted they only check in with each other and I don't really Bill know Joe Ted. or Ted that well. How about and, Bill and Ted? Let's okay. Bill and Ted. <laughs> They're on their own excellent adventure and we're not a part of it. That could uh, when, be the bogus journey though. Also. Yeah, that's true. Rufus. When you're making three or four check-ins, I'm, I'm getting to know my group and my group's yeah. getting to know me. Yeah. And so that's a value. If, if you're settling for one, you can really miss that there's going to be a couple of guys you maybe never call just because you don't know them that well. Yeah. And you're actually perpetuating that lack of connection. So yeah, I think that's, yeah. that's my encouragement if you're recommending less. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's kind of like saying, well, you know, I go on a two week vacation with my spouse every year. And so we don't do dates during the rest of the year. Yeah. Oh, cool. Let me know how that works out. <laughs> Seriously. Like, well, and you're yeah. missing out on the perspective of other people. Like you're missing yeah. out because one of the things for me is so many people get value from my answers. And I don't even think that. Like I get so much value from other people's answers to questions or their perspectives. So it's like maybe I really like calling Jason because he's usually very understanding, but I don't really want to call Nick because, man, he always asks hard questions. You need to call both because both perspectives mm -hmm. are needed on re in the recovery journey. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So th those are some really great tips um, of what to avoid. What on the on the positive side, what are some other things you really encourage people to keep in mind to have effective phone calls and check-ins on a week-to-week -week basis? This isn't easy for anyone. Yeah. Like, yeah I haven't good. known a single person, man or woman, that enters into a group and like they just immediately take to this because this is like so simple. We're asking you to be vulnerable yeah. intentionally yeah. with multiple people during a week. So just to remember, like if you're having a difficult time with this, so is everybody else. And that's mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. 
but to, to continue pursuing that and, and have grace for yourself. Yeah. Uh, but this isn't easy for anyone, but then also to remember, uh, if you're not checking in, you're checking out. Mm. Like if you're not pursuing this, boom, mic drop there, write that quote down. If you're not, uh, that, like, if you're not intentionally moving towards relationship, then you're moving away from it. Yeah. And so, I mean, and you, that's easy to remember if you're not checking in, you're checking out. I need you to say that like the big Lebowski. Can you do that real quick? (laughs) (laughs) Come on. I can. Do it. That'll be extra. That'll be extra. I would have to say it like the stranger. Okay. You're not checking in, you're checking out, dude. Okay, got it. Uh, Okay, so (laughs) um, I think that uh, scheduling them is really, really helpful. For me, I tend to be super scatterbrained um, and just hopeful. Um, And as I think I even shared with Nick recently, I heard someone say, hope isn't a strategy. (laughs) Like hope hope is not a strategy. A strategy is a strategy. So for me, if I struggle to get to them, scheduling them, and I've done that too, where when we do our commitment to change, uh, there are, there's a section that who are you going to call? And it actually has a section where you can put a date that you'll call them. I've done that. I've said, hey, uh, Joe, I'm going to call you on Monday at this time. John, I'm going to call you here this time. Like I, I map it out and put that in my calendar because, and I said this uh, last episode, that what gets scheduled in my life gets done. And so if I want something to get done, I need to put it on my calendar. Yeah. And I think with that, I would totally agree about scheduling it if you're struggling to remember to do them, but also looking ahead at your week and asking the question, what are my points of greatest vulnerability? Where are the places I might likely get triggered? Because if if you're honest with yourself, you can see patterns. You know, is it a heavy day at work that makes you want to numb out after work? Is it the weekend where maybe you're single and you feel bored and you've got nothing to do? Is it that your family is going to be gone at certain times. Like we all have just seen, where do I tend to run into those issues? And so making my phone call commitments around those times. So for example, if I know, like, let's say a Thursday at work, I've got a big meeting, a lot of pressure doing a presentation. And I know that after a meeting like that, my desire to just be like, I did it and kind of let down my guard. I'm going to be a little vulnerable. So I say, Hey, and Thursday night, I'm going to need to call you know, so-and-so and and make sure I check in, or maybe it's your wife's going out of town on a retreat and you know, Friday night at home alone, that's a danger zone. So I got to call someone from my group Friday night or, you know, or better yet plan to go out for pizza with them, you know, connect with someone. But if if you can look at your week and just ask, where am I probably going to need to make a phone call and then include that as your schedule, it really helps. I, I know for me, I feel so proactive and it's like, man, I, I'm staying on top of this. And there's something we all get kind of that boost of confidence Mm -hmm. or courage when we feel like we're staying ahead of our problems. We're, we're doing the right thing that fuels more right things. So I think if you can approach your phone calls that way to be proactive and not just wait to say, well, well, when I'm getting down, then I'll make a phone call. I mean, obviously you can still make a phone call then, but if we're Mm -hmm. proactive to know where our danger zones might be and we call ahead of that, it's just going to help us out so much. Yeah. Yeah. When I, if I have clients or we have clients that are having a difficult time establishing sobriety or a spouse who's like really, really wounded and is just being triggered a lot, you know, by whatever, going to the grocery store, or maybe there's an affair that happened in the small town they live in and every place they go is a reminder of it. Um, then, then we always recommend more check-ins, uh, you know, kind of front loading their recovery yep. with more check-ins. And so exactly what you're saying, Nick, if, if like first thing in the morning you're triggered, then when you wake up in the morning, make a phone call, 
and and we can we'll we'll talk to people and go through the, what their their typical day looks like. And if their typical day is like they're triggered when they wake up, they're triggered when they get in their car, they're triggered when they get to work, they're yeah. triggered at lunch, they're yeah. triggered when they leave, they trigger when they get home, and they're triggered when they go to bed. You know, it's like okay, well, let's start building some structure around that. Yeah. And not that we're trying to make this just like legalistic and overwhelming, but like we we when people are really, really sick, they have to go to intensive care. Right. So there's times when we need to say like, let's do more intentional stuff with this uh, to at least get some momentum going in healing or in sobriety. Uh, And, you know, and then you can, you can back off and, you know, then it's, it's back to maybe more of what a typical Mm -hmm. maintenance would look like. But before we can get to a maintenance level, there's a lot of work that has to get done. Yep. So in an age where people are talking on their phones so little, there is still a huge benefit to actually use your phone the way it was intentionally created (laughs) to actually call people. Uh, I know that's like tongue in cheek, but it's legit. Like it started out as a phone and now it's a device, but it's still a phone. And phone calls, personally, I know for you guys too, you've experienced this. They tend to be the highlight of my week. They tend to be great conversations that create a lot of traction and a lot of relationship. And so a lot of the phone calls I make during the week tend to be highlights for me. And it's easy to forget that. So uh, make sure you're making your phone calls. And as we talked about, be honest and keep doing them. It's a great tool to put in your recovery toolkit. So uh, guys, thanks, Bob. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate it, man. Yep. Always awesome. Wherever you're at on your journey, remember that Pure Desire is here to help give you the roadmap of healing. If you or someone you know is looking for help, go to our website, puredesire.org, and you can start your healing journey today. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, just do it, please. Like, just please, that's all I'll leave. And write a review, help others find the podcast. And lastly, never stop being healthy.